everyone remain calm. Back for more, huh? Well, yeah. Ooh, ah, that's how it always starts. But then later there's running and then screaming. Somebody talk to me! What is happening? Welcome to Jurassic World. And now, ladies and gentlemen, you're listening to the Jurassic Park Podcast. <laughs> How long is it going to take for that to spread around the globe? This was all John Hammond's dream. <laughs> Hold on to your butt. <laughs> Seriously? Well, we're back. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the 193rd episode of the Jurassic Park Podcast. I'm your host, Brad Jost, and we're here to discuss... All things Jurassic Park. I really hope that uh, everybody out there had a wonderful Father's Day weekend this past weekend. Whether you're a father or you have a father, I hope you guys had a great time. I know I had a great one with my family and my son. I just, I love that little dude so much. But um, this is the start of a new week. And today, in this episode, we have the return of Arjunboss with a brand new audio drama that he wrote and produced centered around the fallout of John Hammond and Benjamin Lockwood. I absolutely know that this is a story that 100% of you probably are interested in and have wondered about before. What exactly are those details that happened during the separation? We know it was a moral argument, right, Uh, between the two men, but what else happened there? Had to be a little bit more, right? Of course, this is not canon, but Arjun does a wonderful job at giving you a sense of realism in his audio dramas. I know if you caught extinction-level Jurassic Park, how could you not? Um, Or even if you didn't, though, I guess. (laughs) If you're one of the few people that did not hear extinction-level, I'm sure you'll find uh, some enjoyment in this interpretation of the Hammond and Lockwood story. And after that, we're going to stroll down Main Street today with my buddy Tal, the traveling clat over on YouTube, as we discuss his most recent project, chronicling Island of Adventure's Jurassic Park section. Now, yes, I know, we we do talk about theme parks a lot here on the show, rightfully so, but this is a th- what I think is a wonderful look at some of the details that you may have missed along the way. Um, I know it's a, it's a rush going through all these theme parks, but... Um, there's a lot of good stuff in there, and I really do love discussing the parks, and I think Tal has an um, incredible video journey that uh, he's going to be displaying over on his YouTube channel, detailing all the incredible stuff that you might have missed. Um, so please, please enjoy this chat here today, and of course, definitely check out the links in our show notes for his channels to go find his video. Uh, he is a incredible uh, videographer and uh, incredible at documenting experiences so I really think you guys are going to enjoy the uh, stuff that he's producing on his channel anyway but make sure to check out this Island of Adventure video it's going to be great so before we get this big show rolling here we do of course have some business to take care of Starting over on our website, actually, um, Tom. Tom Fishenden does a great job uh, producing articles and content for the website, so make sure to go check out our website, JurassicParkPodcast.com. He reviewed on the website um, two new Fanatic uh, Jurassic Park goodies. Now, Fanatic is a, a great company that produces all these really cool pieces for Jurassic Park, one of which is is like a, a lapel pin that... Um, has like the T-Rex breakout moment with Grant waving the flare 
it's an awesome looking piece. And the other one is a, it's called the Find Nedri coin. And it has a Dilophosaurus on there. It's really, really cool. If you're into those limited edition coins, uh, Fanatic has, has all of those. So Tom reviewed them both on our website. He uh, also did a, a highlight um, of one of the um, incredible fan-made uh, videos that popped up earlier this year, I believe, um, called Indomation. Now, you know, everybody has seen this thing so far. It's incredible, like, stop-motion uh, Indoraptor action from the toy from Mattel. Um, it's really, really cool if you haven't seen it. But he actually goes into uh, a, a pretty in-depth, like, interview with the creator there so make sure to go check that out on our website um we have some more great content coming to you this week i'm not going to spoil it just yet but keep your eyes out for more stuff from tom and then over on our youtube channel it was kind of a light week for us i'm still um kind of getting my computer up to date and uh getting all my videos and my content that i use to produce all these videos all set and ready to go um i've been working on a lot of content for my personal youtube channel so if you guys haven't seen that uh just find me it's at brad jost on on youtube so just go check it out i i usually just do like mostly like family videos and trip videos and theme park stuff so go check that out but um, in the meantime, Tom produced some great content. Now, I did mention those reviews earlier um, from the website. Now, Tom also did some quick video looks at these items as well. So check out that lapel pin and the coin. And I also did have a little bit of time one day this week. So I actually did a live stream. Um, the new computer has afforded, afforded me the uh Man, I'm struggling here. The new computer has <laughs> afforded me the opportunity to do some live streams here in the studio with you guys and uh, discuss some cool things. So we're going to talk Jurassic from time to time. And I know we did discuss Mattel, you know, toys and whatnot. We discussed Universal theme parks, mostly out in Hollywood. Um, and we also did some Lego discussion and, and some other stuff. So, uh, oh, yeah. And I also did... Um, unbox the Quetzalcoatlus, however you say that dinosaur, the Quetzalcoatlus, Quetzalcoatl, you guys know what I'm talking about, I think, right? It's, I, I don't know, but it's a very, very cool flying creature, reptile thingy, um, incredibly giant uh, creature, but the toy is really, really cool, so um, I'm actually very excited to really unbox it and dive into a review on the channel, hopefully this week, we'll see. But um, at least for the time being, I kind of unwrapped it and looked at it on that live stream along with you guys for really the first time. So I'm excited to uh, for you guys to see that and to actually do a full review. So keep your eyes peeled. But really, that was it over on YouTube. We didn't really do a lot last week. Um, but um, I'm still excited either way for the content that we will be producing coming soon here. But one thing I forgot to mention earlier that's going to be happening in this episode is the news. So why don't we go ahead and get this episode kicked off with a bit of Jurassic news from around the world. 18 minutes and your company catches up on 10 years of research. Access me. Access me. Security. These pictures were taken in hospital in Costa Rica 48 hours ago. I don't want to jump to any conclusions, but look. Boy, my head being right all the time. It's day. I guarantee it. All right, so here in the news today, I'm going to talk about a piece that I kind of teased the other day. I think it was in the news section. I mentioned that a Lego set uh, was leaked online, and uh, I told you guys to go search it out if you could. And then, I think it was like the next day, uh, Lego officially released these images and whatnot. So we have 
some some good stuff here when it comes to this set. Um, now, this is a brand new Lego set that features the Jurassic Park gates along with a giant T-Rex. Now, this is, uh, wow, it looks like 3,120 pieces. Um, this is the Jurassic Park T-Rex Rampage. Um, and it does feature a lot of different stuff on this um, I'll kind of uh, go along with you guys as I'm looking at it myself, but uh, the Jurassic Park gates, iconic as always, but on the other side is the interesting thing. Instead of just, um, you know, I guess creating a full visitor center, which is something that we've all really, really wanted, they decided to embed a lot of, like, interesting details into the back of the park gates. Honestly, I will say it feels a bit lazy. Um and uh i don't know cheap maybe but um it is interesting at least it is fun they did a good job at creating this piece i just think it could have very well been expanded upon in a full visitor center set or something like that um but here it is on the, the back of these park gates we have a toilet yes we do have a toilet i have joked many times not even joked i'm serious guys i want that mattel toilet uh <laughs> toilet playset with Donald Gennaro uh, that the, like a, a little structure cabin thing that breaks away as the T-Rex will, will you know careen into it so I want that but instead I get this tiny little Lego um, toilet so it's embedded into the back of this this park gate you also do have um, an Ian Malcolm figure that you can use in, in a very similar setting to when he is laying down um, in the bunker there uh, with the chest wide open. So you do have that little scene that you can look at. You also have Ellie Sattler, and she's got a, a giant flashlight. There's pipes on the walls. There's switches all over the place representing that scene from the movie. You do also have John Hammond, and he is in the dining area. So you do have uh, some food items, and, and one piece in particular that looks like it could be a piece of jello. So that's that's interesting. It's a very, very cozy very cozy little uh, area for him to sit in. And then you also do have um, Ray Arnold and a set of computers. Now this is a really cool little set and it does uh, kind of look like it goes along with that other Lego set that we got a little while back with the uh, control room. It's kind of just like that um, featuring Ray Arnold here with, with the computer monitors and stuff. There's also a little mud hill. <laughs> it's so weird. So weird. I, I don't necessarily get this one, but it's a very little mud hill that, uh, you know, features the Barbasol can, sort of, kind of, here. It's it's uh, kind of, um, but, yeah, it's very odd. I don't understand this one. But, yeah, this is a, a very cool-looking set. Um, I think, is there is there more pieces here? Let me double-check. Um, kind of. I mean, that's all the uh, little dioramas that they have in the back, but there's also lo lo what looks like some broken eggs on top of it in the back. Um, it does have the fire, um, which is cool, and, and of course the T-Rex itself, which is uh, very cool looking. It's a very cool, I will say it, it is a decent looking T-Rex. Um, pretty giant. I, I do like that a lot. Um, but it does come like with a little placard for the T-Rex. It has, like I said before, it does have um, Ian Malcolm, Ray Arnold, John Hammond, Ellie Sattler, Alan Grant, and Dennis Nedry. Um, so that's cool. And it does seem to come with a little baby raptor for some odd reason. For some reason. I don't know. 
but um, it is a very big looking piece. Um, I am kind of excited to get my hands on this one. It is a very hefty $249.99. That's pretty typical for Lego, um, and it does look like it's gonna be releasing on July 1st for everybody, so I I'm excited for this one. Even though it's not living up to the hype of what I would expect or want from Lego, it does still look like a very cool looking piece. Um, I am excited by it. But uh, yeah, aside from that price point, um, it is something that I'm, I'm excited for. So I know you guys probably are as well or have your own gripes. But um, what do you think? Let me know uh, somewhere on Twitter, on Facebook. Join our Facebook group and let us know in there what you think about this Lego set. Because it's kind of one of those things that's a little divisive. So uh, let me know. But in the meantime, if you do want to get a look at the Lego pieces, go check out our show notes. Oh, there it is. This Jurassic tale starts in the summer of 1992, less than a year into an incident closed down the original Jurassic Park before it had even opened its doors. Having arrived at their destination, both John Hammond and Benjamin Lockwood got out of the Jeep. Swinging almost identical amber-tipped wooden canes on every other step, both men followed a guide showing them around. Men at work all around them at the construction site as they walked up the stairs of the visitor centre and through an enormous doorless entry. From the empty roofless main hall, they walked on, through a mostly empty tour vehicle garage on the right, to get to the stairs which were situated at the back of the building. Another red and white jeep came speeding into the garage, and Robert Muldoon, Hammond's game warden, quickly parked and jumped out walking straight up to this party of three. Good, Mr. Hammond, you're here. I'd like to talk to you about one of the raptors, the, the new one we added the other day. She's shown a lot of aggression. We think she has killed one of the others. Robert, not now, not here. I'll be with you after. John signalled the guide to continue, and they quickly moved on, leaving Muldoon standing, watching as they left. They moved up the stairs and walked down the greyish concrete hallway. The control room will be behind these circular windows on the right. The guide explained. And here they're building the showroom laboratory with a secured embryo vault. All of the rooms were completely empty, nothing but undressed concrete. We could bring eggs over or develop a selection of embryos we can store here. So visitors can even watch them hatch in front of their eyes if they're lucky. Can we make sure that happens when we bring investors over? I guess. You should ask Dr. Wu, it's not my department. They arrived at another doorless exit at the end of the short hallway. Now, if we step through here, this will be an emergency exit for the introductory ride. From the strange half-moon-shaped room, they could see into both the showroom and the control room, and as they continued to move on, the guide explained further. Glass walls will separate the visitors from the rooms. They'll pass them on one of three seat stages we plan to install here. The stages will move over and underneath each other on a cyclic trackway. Visitors will start at a theatre here, taking a seat on the first set to watch an introduction on the cloning concept. They'll then start their way past the showroom and the control room to show our park as the state-of-the-art, well-oiled machine it is. Show visitors they're in good hands, if you will. Finally, they'll arrive at the second theatre at the end, where they'll watch an overview of the park's attractions to get them hungry for more. While the first group is watching the video at the end, the second platform of seats will have come up from the floor, with the third somewhere halfway. So a second group of visitors can start watching the cloning video, 
That way we bring down wait times between rides and we can serve two groups of visitors at a time. If you follow me to the recording stage we've set up, I'll tell you more about your part of the cloning video that introduces Dr. DNA, this cartoon character here on the cover. This is the script. We'll animate him in later. I uh, like the, the colors, but I'm not so sure about the letters. Those are the first letters that make up the four components of DNA. Yes, I uh, I see that, but uh, but I uh, think it makes the animation a bit messy. Can we uh, lose the letters? I think so. I'll tell the animators. What if you just show eyes, eyebrows, and mouth, and lose the nose and this big bulb-like head shape? <laughs> yes, I like that. And let's call him Mr. DNA, not Doctor. Sounds closer to the public. Less complicated. That is his role, correct? To uh, explain, in layman's terms, what we have done here. Yes, right. Okay. Sure, I'll pass it on. Right, this is the recording studio. That green screen at the back will be replaced with this plaque of the park's logo in stone. Oh, that looks nice. You walk up those stairs to this mark here, and you talk to that point over there. That's where you will be at the time the video is shown to the audience. We need to be present at every screening? That can't be right. We've got more to do than just entertain visitors here all day. Don't worry. These are for special occasions. We'll record the same script with the other presenters too. Most of it will be animation without live environments. But if you keep to the marks, the animation overlay will match perfectly for all our live actors. <laughs> Hear that, Benjamin? We've made it. We're actors now. John Hammond looked through the script, which didn't contain many lines. The idea is your off-screen self acts as if you take a bit of blood from your on-screen self. That's a, a lot of hello your names. Yeah, we'll record you stepping sideways from those marks in a few takes, and in the end result on screen it will look like you are cloned five times, the clones greeting each other. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> Indeed. Oh, <laughs> Dr. DNA, uh, well, where did you come from? Oh, so uh, scratch that. Mr. DNA. It says here that it takes the gene sequences minutes to break down the DNA strand. Isn't that a lie? That's what we said too, when Dr. Wu suggested to change it. It originally read within a year or even months, but he thought that didn't sound impressive. He said not to think of it as a lie, just prepared for the future. That with the system's learning and the speed of technological advances, it will be true in a few years. Uh, quite right. And, uh, technically, it is still minutes. Just, uh, a lot of them. Well, alright. I'll give you a moment to practice the lines and we'll be back in a moment. About 15 minutes later, the guide returned. He turned to Lockwood. Mr. Lockwood, I've been asked to tell you there's an urgent call for you, which you can take in the conference room down the hall at the end. Ben? I, I don't know. Alright, Mr. Hammond, if you take your starting position down the stairs. Too bad I, I, I don't have my new cane yet. Don't worry, most people won't notice. A few shots later, and a worker arrived on the set. Mr. Hammond? Yes? Mr. Lockwood's asked me to let you know he's sorry, but he's had to go. His daughter, she and her husband were involved in an accident. Oh, Maya, of course. Well, I, I hope they're alright. I don't know, sir. In the winter of that same year, John Hammond entered the gateway of a graveyard with his amber-tipped, 
Bone came. He walked through a thin layer of snow to someone that he had witnessed growing up. From a young boy to the man that now sat there, down on his knees, staring at the face of death. Not his own, but that of his daughter. Benjamin Lockwood had his eyes locked on the tombstone that covered his daughter's grave. She had been put to rest months earlier, taking his place in the ground next to his wife. Out of respect, John had brought flowers too and laid them down on the grave in front of Lockwood, next to the red roses Benjamin still rested his hands on. Not looking up, Lockwood started talking. His voice was flat. No more tears left to cry. She was way too young. Did you know I was going to be a grandfather? She was pregnant. John put his hand on his friend's shoulder. I'm uh, I'm sorry, Benjamin. I really am. It's been months. It's time to let her go. They're not coming back. Looking back up over his shoulder, Lockwood slowly got up. You know, I've been thinking a lot, even more so, these past few weeks. It's time for you to put your mind to use again at the park, Benjamin. We are closing in on opening our doors, and now Muldoon insists on that we move the raptors from the park into our pen to better keep an eye on them. They'll start building that soon now the the visitor centre is almost finished. We've been setting up operations, and the first tracks... I've been laid down for the tour, and the first tour vehicles have arrived. You'll love them, Benjamin. So much going on that I, I could use your help with. We brought dinosaurs back. Yes, the, the dinosaurs. We can bring my daughter back too. Slowly, Lockwood removed a small baggie from his jacket pocket and held it up in the light, revealing a thick brown lock of hair. I found this in the photo album of her next to this old photo. He showed John an old yellowing picture of his daughter from when she was about 10 years old, standing with her nanny, Iris. It's hers, her hair from when she was a little girl, my little girl's DNA. I understand what you're thinking, Benjamin. Think about what you're saying. I have. I don't think you can understand it. Your daughter still lives. You are a grandfather. I can still be a grandfather to my own blood too. No, 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 Ben. Uh, cloning dinosaurs is one thing, but, but cloning humans, no. Only a few months ago, you chuckled at the thought. You called it funny, but now that I want to bring my own daughter back, you are against it. What's the difference between a dinosaur and a human? Dinosaurs are animals. Humans are mammals? Come on, Ben. The minds of dinosaurs are not nearly as uh, complicated. We're still not sure about that. The raptors? They are a new species on this planet that have no rights of their own. I, I, I can't even begin to think what uh, complications a human would bring. You'd have to register them and they need education. And then on top of that, you don't even have the energy or strength to raise a child on your own. I've thought it all through, John. I'm determined. You can't stop me on this. And I'm sorry, Ben. I, I truly am. But I, I can't let you do this. Not in the name of our company. I can't allow you to go back to Sornal or, or Nublar with this purpose. You disappoint me. I thought you were my friend. You are more than that to me. You're like my little brother, Benjamin. 
John, you and I both know you left your real brothers, your family, behind in Scotland, as my brother left my family. That's not fair. I left them because I can take care of my own, giving them one less mouth to feed. Still, you left. I never left you, did I? And I'm doing this to protect you. You are wrong in this. You're in pain, and you're not thinking clearly. You'll change your mind. It's not too late. I'm sure that you'll come to see that I'm right. I won't. But don't worry. I understand you have interests to protect too. I'll be okay. It's not like that. It's fine. I won't do it under InGen's flag. Even though I'd have every right to do so, I'll find a way around. If it takes me all I have, I'll find a way. Benjamin. Thank you for the flowers, John. As Benjamin Lockwood turned and walked away, snow began to fall, and John Hammond realised he was on his own again. Even if Benjamin wouldn't come around, John was used to being on his own. His life had been like that many times before, and he had always found his way. It would be five years later, in 1997, shortly before John Hammond died, with InGen on the verge of following John to his grave, that they would finally meet again, one last time, in the hospital where they were taking care of John. That day, they talked about many things. Hammond's past and InGen's future. What would become of the dinosaurs? For one separate issue, which John had expected to come up, he had invited Dr. Henry Wu earlier that day. Now, seeing how determined his old friend still was after all those years, he was certain. And when Dr. Wu finally knocked on the door, John beckoned him in. John? Mr. Lockwood. How are you doing, sir? It's been a while. It certainly has, Henry. You've done well, I hear. Congratulations on that flower they named after you. Henry Wu smiled. Thank you, yes. Henry, thank you for coming. Ben, I, uh, I uh, thought this would be best if Henry could hear this from me too. What is it, John? I uh, wanted to let you know that since you've still been trying after all these years, I'm okay to let Henry decide for himself if he wants to help you or not. I won't hold it against you if you ask him. Ask me what? John, are you sure? Yes. From his jacket, Benjamin Lockwood took out the small baggie with his daughter's hairs, which had never left his side. Only the number of hairs had thinned out, greatly reduced over the past years in desperate attempts to extract his daughter's DNA. Benjamin looked at Henry, who looked back and forth between Hammond and Lockwood, confused by the situation. What is this about? What do you think about cloning a human? I know it's frowned upon. It seems the majority of people say it shouldn't be allowed. I didn't ask what you hear people say, I asked what you think about it. This. This is my daughter's DNA. Cautiously, Henry Wu looked at the baggie in Lockwood's hands. He already knew the sad history of Benjamin's daughter. I was a father. I was going to be a grandfather. Just like that, in the blink of an eye, that was taken away from me. I'm too old to be a father now. I can see that. But I can be a grandfather. I've tried the past five years to extract DNA from my daughter's hairs but I have not been successful. I've grown careful not to spend all the hairs on the effort. Will you help me? I think... I know it can be done, but... Henry, 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 you don't have to decide here and now. Take your time, think it over. But whatever you decide, I won't stop you. 
that's not it. It's the chance to retrieve DNA from cut hairs is zero to none. Simple crime stories might suggest differently, but it's the truth. Now, there is another way, but you may not like it. Anything. Intrigued by the prospect, Henry Wu took the challenge to try and fulfill Lockwood's dream. To become a grandfather to his own daughter through the miracle of genetic cloning. As twisted as it sounded when he said it out loud, Henry was convinced that if he didn't do it, someone else would soon enough. And as soon as Lockwood delivered what was needed, Henry got to work on this side project. At the same time, Simon Masrani took over the InGen Corporation, so Wu continued in secret. And when the US House of Representatives passed the Human Cloning Prohibition Act of 2001, he was glad he had. Even though the bill would never pass the Senate, he knew they would get a lot of heat if this news ever came out. He was challenging himself now. The world didn't need to know. He would know he was the first, and that would be enough. Henry's time would be more and more consumed by other priorities, as Masrani moved closer to opening the doors of a new park. Still, he continued, slowly making progress. One failed attempt at a time, to make sure that Lockwood would not be put to that impossible choice of which clone to keep. Until, more than three years after Jurassic World had opened its doors, and Wu's responsibilities had moved into calmer waters, Henry could finally send out that message. The one that Benjamin Lockwood had been longing for. A cloned embryo of his daughter's DNA had finally reached a stage in its ectogenesis chamber from which birth was now almost certain. After all that time, waiting at his estate in Northern California, what had been his dream for almost 17 years was about to become a reality. Nearing the four-year anniversary of the park, in 2009, she was, for lack of a better word, born. Benjamin Lockwood gave her the name his wife had wanted to give their daughter, now already over 40 years ago. They had decided on a different name back then, but their grandchild would carry this name from that day forward. Maisie. And there's no doubt our attractions will drive kids out of their minds. This park was not enough to cater only for the super rich. What, we'll have a, a coupon day or something? You should have spent a day at the beach, get some sun. None of these attractions are ready yet, of course. Really spectacular, spared no expense. Enjoy the ride. Can't you stop these things? I'm sorry, it's, like, it's kind of a ride. All major theme parks have delays. Pirates of the Caribbean breaks down and pirates don't eat the tourists. Uh, sorry folks, ride's closed. Um, come on guys, I just work here. Today we're hanging out here on the lovely Main Street here at Jurassic World. You've got Winston's Steakhouse over there. we got some Starbucks on our left. I'm ready to talk about theme parks, and I know my brother Tal here is ready to talk about it as well. We're going to have a good time because uh, I love theme parks. I love talking about them. And Tal, you just went to visit uh, Islands of Adventure, so we got a lot to talk about. How you doing, dude? 
I'm doing great. I'm back here in sunny South Florida, and it feels like I'm basically on Isla Nublar at this point with the mosquitoes <laughs> and the humidity. It, it might as well be. At this yeah, point. <laughs> yeah, I, I I feel you there, man. Um, but yeah, I this segment here is is specifically devoted to theme parks, and I know we do discuss theme parks quite a bit here on the show because that's what it's all about. I mean, this is a movie about theme parks, and the best, I think, the best representation of Jurassic Park is Islands of Adventure down in in Orlando, and uh, you recently had a chance to go down there to really cover it in full in its current state and take a look at all the finer details of everything that's there, and um, I, I'm really interested to hear what you have to say about it, and uh, I can't wait to see your coverage as well. Yeah, I've been going there ever since I was a kid. I was born and raised in South Florida, so Orlando is a you know really close drive. It's only about like two and a half hours, three hours away. So I've grown up going to this Jurassic Park, you know, theme park in Islands of Adventure. And I've seen it change throughout the years. But um, ever since I got back into the franchise, this like last wave, because I've been balancing with this franchise my whole life, uh, I haven't gone back and really appreciated the park for what it is. And now, especially with all the news of it changing in uh, in Hollywood and California, um, I've never actually had the privilege of visiting the one in California. I've only ever seen videos and stuff. So that one changing and the probability of the one in Orlando changing as well. I was like, I want to do a service to this park, something that I know will hold up in the future and really archive the place. Film a video, film a sort of time capsule video that shows every little detail, every nook and cranny. So people who didn't get to experience this, maybe kids who are going to grow up with the Jurassic World and get to see that can take a look back and see what the legacy of this park is. And I know that you've gone there plenty of times, so you've, you've gotten a chance to appreciate it as well. Um, and I just wanted to chat a little bit about some of the details that I noticed in, in this park this time around. Um, and mm-hmm. I think this this little podcast segment can really accompany the video really well on things that I wasn't able to fully you know, delve into in the video so it wouldn't go too long. Um, yeah. It, you know, I think in, as a whole, like when you visit a theme park, it's very tough to take it all in. And that's one of the things I try to tell everybody is to – Relax, you know, like try to sit back, take it all in, um, you know, view the, 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 the sight lines and the, the places that you would never look before. You know, look at those things. Look at the subtleties of, of all the, um, the, the logos and the different things that are around the area. These are the things you just kind of blow by and you don't necessarily think about because you're, you're just taking it in as a whole, you know, and, and it looks amazing as a whole. But and I know like a lot of of theme park schedules are kind of tough. Like you want to hit every ride, you want to get it all done, and especially in Universal where the hours are kind of limited. Like you don't always get to do everything you want to do at a Universal theme park. So um, you know stuff just drifts away, and you don't actually take in all the goodness that is there. That these you know creative team members actually took a lot of time to get right. So I'm glad that you've at least uh, tried to document that in its full uh, at this point. So uh, that's exciting to see, and and I'm I'm excited to dive into those details because recently I went, um, I think it was like last year, and I I tried to do that same thing in terms of like just just relaxing and not like trying to do everything and just trying to do uh, what I wanted to do. Um, so that's what I did. I kind of hung around Jurassic and I just kind of stood and just looked, looked at everything that was there, everything they had to offer. And, uh, it really excited me this time around. Oh yeah, man. I, and I have to say like, I, oh man, I'm getting like goosebumps just talking about it. The, the level of detail, like I, I really was, I don't think I was able ever able to appreciate it growing up, especially as a kid. The last time that I visited, I was probably, 
uh, 18, I was graduating high school and there was this thing called Grad Bash where they basically closed down the Universal Parks for high school students graduating. Um, and you had the whole park to yourself. It was just a bunch of school students. I, was, I rode the Jurassic Park ride seven times that night in one go. <laughs> and I like, uh. don't remember any of the details because my whole thing with it was always as a kid is just like ride the river adventure, go through the gift shop and that's all. And like I never looked around and never paid attention to the little nuances. And the thing that gives me goosebumps is just just remembering this was just a few days ago when I was there or maybe a few weeks ago now. It is so amazing, Brad. I'm sure that you know as well, but it the level of detail, I think about it from people who have never experienced it. You know, I grew up going there, but from people, let's say who are coming from across the pond, you know, in Europe or other countries around the world who have grown up watching the movies or read the books and they come to a place like this, it must be mind bending. It's it, it's amazing the level of detail they went through on everything, whether it's the banners or the murals or the little games inside the visitor center. It's like so incredibly beautiful. So I just, there's a few little things that I wanted to start with to crack, uh, crack this little nut open um, for us to talk about. And there was one thing specifically inside of the Discovery Center. Mm-hmm. So you, you know what the Discovery Center is, of course, right? Oh, yeah, of course. Yeah. So the Discovery Center is basically like the, I guess, is it sort of like a replica visitor center or it's the theme park version of the visitor center from the movie? Yeah. I mean, basically it's... It is, like, really intact, like, as far as, like, if you go from the uh, bottom entrance, uh, which is in the back, uh, which is mostly covered up at the moment, but you, I I don't know, even know if you can go through there right now, but, um, yeah, it's basically that iconic, like, walk through the the entrance doors and you see the dinosaurs there. Um, it's, It's a spectacular sight, man. It's amazing. And so one detail that I noticed when I was in there, um, well, specifically, there's a few things. That, oh, my God. There's so much to unpack about this place. I'm just thinking about it right now. So when you go downstairs, um, there's this section that has these, like, giant animatronic dinosaurs that you can look into these little visors that they have. And it kind of mm-hmm. gives you, like, a POV. Um, but if you look to the side, there's this sort of glass window that's peering out into a sort of jungle. And I filmed this part in the video. I, I don't think I emphasized it too much in the video. But if there is a single place in this whole entire park that makes you feel like you might actually be in a Jurassic Park, it is right there. It's a little corner. You look right outside of the window. All you see is jungle. There's, like, no tourists. All you can see is just, like, palm fronds, dead leaves on the ground, these sort of, like, Jurassic Park white pillars hanging down. And if you turn around, you have these giant animatronic dinosaurs. You see skeletons. You see the rotundra of the Discovery Center. Um, It's just incredible, incredible mind-bending details um, that they, they created this really amazing atmosphere. And as a kid going there so many times, never taking a moment to look out the window and really gain that perspective. I had to like snap myself out of it for a second because I've been to Costa Rica before and I was like, wait, this isn't Orlando. This does not look like Orlando. This doesn't look like Florida. It looks like an actual jungle. Mm -hmm. That is certainly one of the things that they've gotten right there is the lusciousness of that section um just the amount of trees and stuff that have been there in the, in the past and stuff it's just incredible um and, and yeah i i understand what you're talking about with that uh with the two dinosaurs there on the um if you're walking from the bottom it's like on the right hand side from the top on the left um and they're kind of overlooked over there in that section those two dinosaurs there's like a little uh, it's like kind of like a little play area for kids, right? If I if I remember correctly, yeah. Exactly. Um, but yeah, and those windows are over there. They just peer out into the jungle, which is is cool. I like that. 
Yeah, it's it's incredible. I absolutely love that. It's something that I'm definitely gonna, you know, I probably won't be there. I won't be back there again until it turns into Jurassic World. Maybe mm-hmm. I will. I don't. I don't want to say never, but <laughs> that's something that I'll. Uh, I look back on. I'm like, I mean, I hope that they can kind of keep that because that little corner is amazing. Um, besides that, inside of the Discovery Center, I took a moment to also listen to the. Um, they do a little raptor hatching, you know, uh, oh, yeah. thing. It's periodically. Everybody knows it's like one of the biggest gimmicks, but. I was listening to what the scientist in the lab was actually saying, and I never took a second to appreciate that as well. So there's a few things that they touch on that I think was really interesting, and I wanted to see if you have listened to these details or maybe have any theories about what exactly is going on. Maybe, potentially, the Jurassic Park in Orlando is trapped in time, Brad. Did you ever take a second to think about that? There's well. a moment <laughs> where the scientist says, uh, "That's a, uh, he, he'll be talking about the Velociraptor, and then... The scientist like turns to us, to the audience. I mean, I have this on video. I'm not sure if they say this every time or if it's a script, but he says, um, you can't rush Mother Nature. At least that's what Dr. Wu is always telling me. And then he adds, and Dr. Hammond. And I was like, whoa, wait a moment. <laughs> is this place <laughs> is this place trapped back in the 90s? What's going on exactly? Yeah. Have you have you ever heard that? You know, I uh, I probably have, but it definitely probably just went right over my head. Um, I I don't know. I'll have to double check because I have um, I I filmed that entire thing recently too, and uh, that's we'll talk about that portion in a second. I love that whole thing. Um, but yeah, that that's actually like a, a theory or or a thing that I've actually like never really thought about is that land being stuck in time, and that whole you know bottom area kind of sells that story because it is so yeah. <laughs> so dated at this point but that's actually interesting to think about also because I, I i actually don't remember you you you've been there more recently if the i don't think the john hammond video is still on is it do i i don't remember correctly if there is one i didn't see it okay because i know sometimes it's on sometimes it's not uh from the past so i don't know what they're what they're sticking with right now but um yeah, it, it's that's a really cool thing to think about. It's like you're literally stuck in this one moment of time, like from 1990, whatever. Um, it's after it would be after the the Isla Nublar incident, right? So that's yeah. why they picked up and they made this new park in Florida. So that's that's awesome. I like that detail a lot. Yeah, I love that they go so much into detail, and as well, they um the same scientist. Uh, there was a, a group of like three or four of them that were kind of running around and tending to guests and stuff. But they did a little uh, Triceratops show, which wasn't something that was around when I was a kid where a, a little, you know, puppet Triceratops comes out with a with like a park ranger. And then the scientist actually brings out a syringe and they actually start talking about the lysine contingency, which I, I think is so cool as well for somebody who's so involved in the series. You know, once again, I like never thought about this as a kid. I don't think the word lysine ever registered in my brain. I was just like, <laughs> you know, I, I probably heard it, looked at it, whatever, just disregarded it. But now, you know, watching them talk about how um, the animals are, you know, really attracted to the lysine. And he brings out a little syringe with lysine and the little baby triceratops' head is like, ooh, what's that? You know, like the, mm-hmm. the guy puppeteering it is making it look like the little dinosaur so interested. And all the kids are there like petting it and. Um, one of the kids was actually able to take the syringe and like pretend to feed the dinosaur. Um, so yeah, have you ever paid attention to that detail either? Have you noticed that before? Well, um, I don't know. I don't know if I specifically remember the dialogue, but that little 
show that they do for you is incredible to me. I actually, yeah, I stuck around and and got my picture. Or I, actually, I think I was doing video at that point, and I got like a video of me in the trike there. Um, it's so cool, and uh, you know, it feels real to me. You know, seeing that thing right there, just maneuvering, and it actually like. It actually like bumped into the camera and like kind of like pushed it like a like a dogwood or something <laughs> like that, um, which I found hilarious. And yes, I know that there's just the person operating it right there, but it felt real and it felt fun. Um, something that I don't know. I I know Universal offers quite a bit of interactive experiences here and there, but this just feels a little bit different. And this is what I want from Jurassic, so I, I really want them to expand upon that in the future. But but this is like their only offering is these two little shows that they have down there and they're awesome. Yeah, they're they're incredible. And I can see the future um I mean, I think the future is very bright in the franchise. It seems like things are picking up. You know, everyone's getting so involved with it. The community is so vibrant and so it would be so cool to envision a sort of um an expansion on the hatchery or the nursery down there mm-hmm. where they potentially even try to recreate that little petting zoo that they did in the Jurassic World movie. Oh, Maybe yeah. where there's like little baby apatosaurs or little baby gallimimus or something where kids can come up and pet them. Because that Triceratops, I've seen a lot of like baby dinosaur puppets that are puppeteered that way. That one is really incredible. It looks very, very, very real. Um, as opposed to the little baby Velociraptor, which personally I think is <laughs> it's dated. It's definitely dated to say the least. <laughs> it, it's, its mouth looks a little crusty. It yeah. looks a little foamy. It's not looking in the best shape. But that Triceratops, is I was very, very impressed by it. I was like, wow, this thing is detailed. The crest is there. The little uh-huh. horns are starting to come out. It, it looks really good. Yeah, uh, yeah, I love that that little show that they do. And then I also – I really do love the, the Raptor one as well. Um, while that Raptor is not, like – very convincing all that much the the process is you know like the the uh when i went it was just a guy behind an older gentleman uh behind the glass you know talking about the dinosaurs and the hatching process and all that stuff and then like when it actually starts to occur it feels real it feels like you're part of jurassic park when you're interrupting you know the the process there and you see it all happening in front of you um and then it hatches and it, it just it's so cute and it's so playful and and uh the fact that like when i was there kids were really into it i don't know about your session but when i saw it there was a lot of kids just standing around watching it and it's something very special for kids because they get to actually name the dinosaur and and like i think they even get like a certificate that um yeah you know you know gives uh them the the rights to this dinosaur or something like that i forget but um i love that i love that a lot that whole show yeah, it's it's amazing. I, I noticed with the kids, I mean, I don't remember exactly how I reacted to it the first time I saw it as a kid, but the kids there were loving it. They were loving the little raptor and it would make like little squeaks and the, the laboratory scientist would like come up to it and would try to bite him and the kids would start laughing. It was really <laughs> cool. Um, so I don't want to I don't want to talk about the Discovery Center for so, so long because there are other details, but there's a few more things that I did want to mention. Yeah, go ahead. We'll, we'll speed through these. Um, in the lab, did you ever notice that there's a can of Barbasol sitting behind where the uh, where the scientists are seemingly for no reason? Yeah. I mean, we know the reason, but <laughs> <laughs> I know I, I've seen that one there. Um, that's that's a fun. Yeah. And it's a weird nod just because it's like, why is that there? But we get it as fans. <laughs> yeah. Um, there's also like a little Mr. DNA. Right. That's like made yep. out mm-hmm. of like f- like it's almost like Forky from the new Toy Story movie. It's like. Kind of exactly, made, yeah, made like together. cotton balls yeah. and felt. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's really cool. Yeah. 
Um, but yeah, in that back in that lab, I, you know, they, that's one of the things I was like noticing the little nuances. There are dinosaur feeding schedules and hatching schedules and like um, some things are mislabeled sometimes. So it was like there was like a picture of a T-Rex or a T-Rex feeding schedule. Mm-hmm. And it looked like I had the picture of like an Albertosaurus or something. It didn't make much sense. <laughs> but like the, the there's so many feeding schedules and stuff like that that are so cool. Um, yeah. But besides that, there's other little mini games in there. Um, so two other things that I wanted to mention down in the Discovery Center in that like little area, there is a game that's called like DNA sequencing. It's like a little mini game. Have uh-huh. you been by that? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So there's actually a thing uh, when you're playing throughout the game, there's a little point where you can get to where you can turn on a light and it'll open up a whole vial of like dinosaur DNA, hmm. which is incredible. It, it, and it looks just like the DNA that we see in the first movie. It's not labeled exactly like the way it is where, where Nedry... Um, takes out the dna you know and he takes it out uh-huh. uh, and puts it in the the cryo can but there are these like there's a bunch of vials of dna just sitting and you have to actually oh, press man. a light to turn it on um and it's that sort of like translucent green liquid yeah you know i don't know if i've ever seen that because i i kind of just blow by the games unfortunately i i, I look at them and i'm like Okay, uh, I'm going to keep walking. <laughs> <laughs> it's me too, man. I never, yeah. ever took a moment to appreciate any of them. I never, ever did it. Um, I, get a, even I get a good laugh at them, and I'm like, ha, that's a witty title, or that's a fun, <laughs> it looks fun, you know? Exactly. But, but I never actually like saw that detail. That's really cool. Yeah, I, I never took a moment to appreciate those games. And like even the, the one by the nursery, to go back there real quick, there are eggs that you can go and touch and feel oh, i've never yes. taken a second to pick them up i did but when you that. pick them up there's like a little ball inside that makes it feel like there's actually something in there mm-hmm. um so i it's just to think the thing is like almost 20 years old or maybe it's older than 20 years the park it's it's amazing the level of detail they've gone through um there was one other thing that a really funny moment and i have this captured in the main video that i created but there's another wall to the left of where the dna sequencing is i'm forgetting what the wall is called but it's basically a giant rock wall where you can have these scanners. Oh, man. <laughs> uh, sorry, they're doing construction outside. <laughs> um, yeah, there's this little wall with with scanners, and you can basically scan this wall, and there's, like, dinosaur bones inside. Um, I, it's like a mini game as well for kids, and you basically go and press a button and just scan the bones. Uh, but when I scanned the bones for mine, one of them came up as a, a sauropod. I don't remember what it was. It was some sort of long-necked dinosaur, and the name comes up as... Dilophosaurus, and then it gives me a description about a carnivorous dinosaur that has spinning venom. And I look, I look at the machine. I'm like, what? I don't know if this is just age that's going on, or they programmed it wrong, or whatever. But I, I hate to imagine that there's kids who go up in there, uh, scan this freaking fossil, look at it, and they're like, oh yeah, that's a Dilophosaurus, the long neck Dilophosaurus for sure. <laughs> <laughs> they go off and tell all their kids back at school what they learned at yeah. Jurassic Park. You know, Jurassic Park's not not real science, folks, so <laughs> we can't always treat it like it is. <laughs> yeah, it, but that part made me laugh really hard. I was like, wow. That's funny. For, the, for all the level of detail, that little hiccup right there. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, so getting out of the Discovery Center, there's one last thing in the top level of the Discovery Center. Um, I don't know if this is something you ever paid attention to, but all a lot of the posts... Um, that are holding the building up together kind of like these wooden posts that kind of beam down into ceramics and i guess i I really think that they probably put this in for kids when they were building it because for adults you would walk by without realizing but around maybe three feet tall is basically just these little posts filled with fossils um which is not something that i can recall is in the movie but that detail is so cool because for kids at kid level you know you're walking around you're 
you know, four feet tall, three feet tall, maybe two feet tall. If you're a really small kid, you're walking around, you could probably touch touch these little fossils and they're at eye level with you. Huh. Um, and these posts are amazing. They, they look so detailed. I think every single one of them is not unique. So they all kind of have uh, the same fossil types in there. Mm-hmm. Some of them look like skulls. Some of them look like scattered ribs and stuff. But there are these amazing fossils like built into posts, which is so, so cool. That's see, that's the stuff I like. Those little details that you would never even blink your eye at, but there they are. They're not for you. They're for somebody else that are is yeah. at a certain height. And the amount of time and effort that it took to think about this stuff and to make these things, that really blows me away. I love that kind of stuff. Yeah, it's it's amazing. Um, so let's <clears throat> let's jump out of the Discovery Center. Um, so this is something that I was paying attention to closer to the forward explorer area so i don't know how how much it's been changing because i haven't been there in a while i think it was about five years since i've been there last but the the setup for where the cars are and where the spinosaurus head was and the t-rex bust there's these sort of areas in this jurassic park in orlando that has these like dinosaurs coming out of the woods so there's a t-rex and a spinosaurus and then the two vehicles um, are the the Jeep Wrangler and the Ford Explorer. And at some point as well, when I was a kid, I have a, actually a picture of it, a Polaroid picture of me with like this camo truck. I, it looks like a Mercedes. It's probably, um, yeah, it was probably the Mercedes. That is there every now and yeah. then. Uh, it depends. But yeah, I don't think it's there right now currently. Yeah, maybe, I was asking staff around and they said they moved the T-Rex as well. So that yep. T-Rex wasn't yep. there, unfortunately. Yeah. Um, but the Spinosaurus head was and the the Ford Explorer was. It was kind of sad because the Ford Explorer was kind of sitting in a corner by itself, <laughs> like on a road uh. that leads nowhere. And I was like, this is the coolest car in the whole franchise. You yep. can like, put this out for everyone. Yeah. But that, that was sitting kind of by itself. And we went over there. We were paying attention to some of the finer details on it. The, it looks like the paint is kind of washed away because it's been sitting out in the sun and stuff, which is fine probably going to be put to rest soon unfortunately but we were paying attention to the details in the immediate surroundings so one thing that i picked up on was the trash cans or in the recycling bins have you ever paid attention to those in jurassic park yeah yeah i have um and i believe a buddy of mine actually just recently bought one of the stickers for it um because uh oh, no way. Some, somewhere in universal uh the prop shop or something like that they actually sell like the label stickers that go on those garbage cans Oh yeah, so, and so they're got one amazing. <laughs> That's so cool, and they're amazing. They have all these like ceramic inlays of different dinosaurs going around. Um, like That's it, awesome. they yeah. they built these like tan colored trash cans and recycling bins that have like an Apatosaurus and a T Rex and a Stegosaurus and a Triceratops just kind of circling it. Um, and, and that was the the first thing when you cross over the bridge from. Uh, Oh man, I'm really bad with Harry Potter. Is it Hogsmeade? Hogsmeade, is that what it's yeah. Yeah. <laughs> when you cross in the sorry, sorry to the Harry Potter fans out there. <laughs> Don't kill me. I'm sorry. Um, but when you cross that bridge over, the the first thing before you get to the gates that hits you to make you like welcome to Jurassic Park is the trash and recycling bins. And they're sitting there on the left hand side and they just have a bunch of dinosaurs like circled around them. And I noticed that for the first time. I never, ever, ever paid attention to that. And I was like, that is an impeccable level of detail to go through. It doesn't seem like something that's even cheaply produced either. Like they looked like they finally went in there and etched each one of these out. And every single one in the Jurassic Park area has that same design. And it's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. And that's like something that helps in, in a position like that helps you transition from one land to the next and really sell the story, like little things like that. So this is supposed to be a theme park. Like you're, you're almost in a theme park within a theme park as as you're stepping foot into Jurassic Park. So 
Yeah, they have to sell the story with these types of elements, and even a garbage can needs to be, you know, themed, highly themed to the land. So that's awesome. Yeah, and, and incredible stuff. And right by those uh, trash cans and recycling bins are the, uh, the the ground itself that you're walking on in Jurassic Park. Also something I took. Oh, man, sorry if this uh, noise is. <laughs> no, you're good. I, I can barely hear something, but it's okay, not, cool, not cool. bad. Yeah. Okay. Uh, sorry about that. Uh, but yeah, the, the, the ground in Jurassic Park that you're walking on is this It's sort of if you were to just look at it for the first glance, it kind of, I guess it kind of looks like this normal gray stone um, that you're walking on. But if you actually peer closer to the ground, you'll see the entire ground in Jurassic Park is made up entirely of fossil plants um, mm-hmm. and little fossil rocks and shells and stuff. The whole design, everything, all the texture is made up of these like old fossil ferns and all these different plants and stuff. And that's something I also never, ever took a second to appreciate. Uh, and you look at that detail some of them are repeating designs obviously they're not going to put in like a total amount of level of detail in that for it to be different every single time but when you look down for a kid as well just thinking about that like that immersion into the zone of having plants like plant fossils all over the ground everywhere is amazing yeah that's that's always one of the things i love about theme parks is whatever depending on like the land that you're in there's always something stamped into the concrete um whether it's like horse footprints or something or or like uh you know like a carriage or something that might be being pulled down the lane or um in the in the new star wars areas that they're building they have like droid tracks and stuff like that so it's always interesting to see what they're inlaying into the the pavement there to to give you you know a feel for that land and it's so such like an overlooked item that like you know you would never even think about but they're laying it in there making it seem like more legit and and it helps i think yeah 100 percent. and um moving moving forward from there i this is where the park starts getting a little sad i guess not sad it's still amazing it is what it is but there is a wall up there now that has the jurassic world logo it's grayed out you know it's the it's moving towards the future um i i didn't get none of the employees there would confirm with me 100 percent exactly what's going on but you've talked about it extensively <laughs> on the podcast about the oh, yeah um the ride and i actually had a friend of mine I'm not 100% proud of this, but my friend was so curious where he stuck my uh, GoPro over the fence to see what they were building. Um, and none of the security like saw it or anything, but no, huh. we couldn't we couldn't see anything. You know, there wasn't um, anything visibly showing us like a roller coaster or something like that, uh, which has been like the big talk of the town. But we did talk to some of the employees there and everybody was very hush hush about it. They just said there's a ride coming at some point. And we were like, OK, cool. That's yep. that's fine. That's all the detail we really want to know anyways. Um but yeah, like moving around in that area, it, it does become a little bit sad from a certain perspective because you're seeing the that Discovery Center, you're seeing all the inlays, you're seeing the Raptor encounter really close to you, and then there's this giant gray Jurassic World wall. So it kind of yeah. looks like this is what's coming, this is the future, so we kind of have to accept it. And I'm okay with it. I'm, I'm excited to see what's going on and what's going to happen in the future. But one of the details that I did want to mention was the Spinosaurus that's right now, currently as it stands in 2019... Um, is sitting next to the uh, Jeep Wrangler. Mm-hmm. Um, it's kind of emerging out of the forest. <laughs> and for the first time, I never, ever paid attention. It must have been because I was a kid. The face, the eyes, the teeth, incredible. It's yeah. amazing. But if you look more than like a foot behind the sail, <laughs> it's just, it's it's sliced in half. It's just the dinosaur <laughs> sliced oh, in half. Yeah. And the arms at a certain point they just become these little slops of spinosaurus like pudding there's like no no, there's no arms there's no like it's just like the length of an arm and then it turns into like this big fat mold at the bottom (sighs) um 
which is something I never paid attention to, rightfully so, because I was probably a kid when I was looking at it. But I looked at it this time around and I was like, oh, my God, they literally just cut a dinosaur in half. Like, it's literally just <laughs> sitting there. It's sliced in half. Yeah. And and I don't know, like, it all depends because over time there's, like, more of it visible, less of it visible. So it's, like, it kind of moves around, and I think it depends on what vehicle is there as well. Um, but, like, yeah, I uh, I love that thing. I think it looks it, it looks great, like, to me when you're just passing by. I do wish, mm-hmm. like, more of it was visible and, you know, it didn't have to be just a half dinosaur like that. Um, but I think it, it works really well for what it is. Um, despite the fact that you are in an island that is supposed to be, you know, active, like it's an active theme park where, hey, this this dinosaur head's just poking out of the, the jungle. <laughs> there's no fence there. There's nothing going on. So it is weird <laughs> thematically, but, like, yeah, I, I do love that thing. And I, I, at one point I saw somebody sharing around an image of, like, a cat sitting in the mouth which was hilarious like, <laughs> that's not that sounds like florida right there yep yep <laughs> yeah we had a bunch of squirrels actually running around i got i didn't include them in the end product video but we had a bunch of squirrels um running around by that spine store specifically and some of them were actually climbing not on the bust itself i think they have like a level of primal respect as a squirrel they're kind of like <laughs> that's a dinosaur we're not getting close to it that but they'll like they'll me. kind of hang out on the branches around it and stuff <laughs> <laughs> it's pretty cool um, but yeah, that no, that Spinosaurus is amazing. The detail in the eyes and the face specifically look incredible. Um, yeah. But it is it is a little unfortunate when you look at it and you just see kind of that it's half. I think in the future, what I would love to see from it um, is if they do kind of implement any sort of fencing, um, you know, whether that's for the T-Rex bust or the Spinosaurus, it would be so cool to just put up some sort of fence, make yeah. it seem like it isn't just there about to eat any unsuspecting guests that are running yeah. around. Yeah, <laughs> and Universal Japan does that really well. There is, I believe there is a fence, and they do have a Spinosaurus like show where mm. I think it actually does move around a bit. Um, it's incredible. Check it out if you haven't seen it. But like, that's what we need a little bit more of. Hopefully they implement that in the future is fencing because that also is something that sells the story. You know, you don't just have these dino heads just popping out of nowhere. Um yeah, but I uh, one of the things I love about that right now, that area, is is that Jeep. Like, it was just repainted somewhat recently. It looks incredible. Like, it's painted, like, really, really well. Um, the Explorer never really looks all that great. But I think it, it – I'm pretty sure that maybe both of those vehicles or maybe all three, I'm not sure, are screen used. Oh, really? I believe so, yeah. I mentioned that in the video that I wasn't sure if they were just uh, remakes or well, if they were screen yeah. used. There, it's I th- I think those are are I'm fairly certain those are screen used. There's another thing that's in question about whether it is screen used or not. Um, is the the dinosaur fossils inside the visitor center? Now there's a chance that those could be the ones that were in the movie. Oh no way! Wow. Yeah. But uh, we don't have any kind of confirmation really. But uh, a lot of people say that that's what it is. Well, if the theory holds up that the place is actually trapped in time, I'll believe it. Oh, yeah. Maybe it is. You never know. <laughs> if one of those lab scientists is actually talking to John Hammond, I, I want to meet him too. You know, yeah. I'll, I'll go back bring to Orlando out. for bring that. <laughs> yeah, bring him out. Let's do a hatching with him. Let's see. The, come on. Come on. Come on. I want to see that. Um, but yeah, so that, that that is amazing. That that little area. And another thing that I noticed for the first time, which is probably something I should have paid attention to, they have, and I don't know if this is something that's new or what, I because I've literally never, ever registered this thing in my brain. But there's a little universal, like, my photo walk thing 
um, there's a little kind of uh, it's kind of like caution tape on the ground, like a little rectangle. And uh, if you stand in there, there's a camera that looks kind of like a security camera that's pointing at you and it'll take a picture of you. And right below that camera, there's this sort of banner showing you what that picture will look like. And the picture is so awesome. The picture itself, I think, is worth like the souvenir points that you can grab from it because it has in it two of the Jurassic Park 3 raptors, both the male and the female. Um, it has the Spinosaurus, it has the green T-Rex, and it has a or two Ford Explorers and I think a Jeep Wrangler and like a broken electrified fence. Huh. And it's this sort of like long panorama p- picture that you can take. I think it probably costs extra on whatever you're paying for your universal, your universal ticket. Mm-hmm. But it's so awesome. And just the little panorama picture they have printed out there is very, very cool. That's awesome. Yeah, I love those things yeah. where it actually like adds these like graphics in there to make you feel like you're there. That's awesome. Yeah, it's incredible stuff, the, the immersion. Um, but yeah, so walking back, uh, I guess this isn't exactly the uh, the visitor center. This is past it. So there's a little trail that you, I guess you would walk down towards the, the river adventure. I want to jump briefly into Camp Jurassic because you're actually a big reason as to why I stepped foot in there for the first time because I've never been there before oh, up until this man. this time that I went. And it's only through you and watching the videos that you guys put out there in Camp Jurassic that I was like, whoa, this is a place <laughs> I have to check out. Yeah, um, man. Like, it's fun for the adults, thunder... too. <laughs> yeah, I, I never, never, ever thought about it. I disregarded <laughs> it because I was like, whatever, it's for kids. Yeah. I guess I shouldn't have because I was a kid. <laughs> I, I was too much of an adult as a kid. I was like, no, I want to ride the ride 15 times in exactly, one day. Exactly, <laughs> yeah. Um, but when you – we'll get back to Camp Jurassic because there is a lot to unpack there. Uh, the Thunder Falls Terrace Restaurant, I think that's what it's called. Have you been in there before? Um, yes, I believe I have. Um, well, there's there's two restaurants, I believe. There's one down low and then one up top, I think. If I yeah, something correctly. like that. There's um, like the Burger Digs that's in the Discovery Center. That's like yeah. the you know, fast food restaurant. Oh, yeah, yeah. And then there's Burger the Diggs, yeah. Thunder Falls Terrace. That's uh-huh, that's yeah. like the, the big, you know, the big place with the chefs and stuff. That building, if I could have a house and make it look like anything, I think it would be that building. That thing is amazing. You walk in there, it literally feels like, um, I guess it kind of feels like where in the in the visitor center when the power goes out and they're having the whole conversation with the eating the, the ice cream about the power being out. Yeah. If that place was lit up and you could see it, I feel like that's what the thunder thunder falls terrace restaurant would look like it definitely um, does feel like, like that it, for sure it's amazing that the space they've created there and when you walk towards the kitchen where all the chefs are cooking and stuff there's these metal inlays of pteranodons and um different flying reptiles and stuff carved out of metal and it may, may be metal or it might be stone it looks amazing um but also all the lamps mm-hmm. this is a tiny little detail that i noticed every single one of the lamps in the restaurant has this beautiful metal inlay um or metal etched kind of like dinosaur sculptures of Parasaurolophus, of Triceratops, of Stegosaurus. And they're amazing. They're kind of walking around in a circle. And it's so, so, so cool. That little detail that I think people, you you would literally, you would have to look up to see it. Like most people yep. I think don't even register it. And that restaurant mostly doesn't really have much theming in it. It's just have like, it has those two things. The rest of the yeah. restaurant is kind of just like a window to see the people coming down the ride. But it's perfect because it doesn't need to... Uh, you know, sell you on Jurassic. It's not like, you know, it doesn't have to be in your face as far as like, here's Jurassic logos, here's all this, here's this to to sell you on the brand. This is just a well-themed restaurant in that space. Like, that's what you would see in Jurassic Park. And 
I love those giant windows. That is so Jurassic, and it feels amazing. It does feel yeah, like that. It does feel like that, like room and stuff like where they're all eating in in the movie. Um, and yes, the 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 lighting dude is one of those things that um, I'll just go into that restaurant when I'm in that area, and I'll just just look just look around because of like stuff like that, like the lighting. Um, and it, it really re- resembles something that you would find like in a very old, like rustic um, lodge of some sort. Like it really does remind yeah, me yeah. Of, of go, you know, go down the road a little ways to Disney's uh, wilderness lodge. It does feel very reminiscent of that um, with the coloring and just the way it looks and all that. It, it's so awesome. I really, really love those, those lamps lights. Um, if they ever take those out, I want, you know, somebody send them down to me and, and you <laughs> send them over things. to Brad's yeah. house. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. A big part of it. When I, when I look at those places, a lot of the aesthetic in, in the Jurassic park, the way it is. And the thing that I'm going to be sad about when it, when it finally turns into Jurassic world, I, I, I have such mixed feelings about it. Cause I am excited to see where it's going to head. Cause it's going to be all that like modern innovation, sharp kind of blue and gray look. But when you look at the buildings, the way they are now, the aesthetic, even the little shacks that they have, that are selling just like Jurassic Park uh, t-shirts and tank tops and sunscreen and stuff. Um, The the vision that I see when I look at that stuff, I've been on safari in Africa before and I spent Mm -hmm. some time like doing, you know, safari and camp lodging out in Africa. What I always connected to is John Hammond's first, when he first walks in that trailer and tells Grant and uh, Sattler about um, how he has a uh, park in Kenya. I always imagine like this is what his vision was. What he built in the movie and what they built in Orlando, the, the actualization of these buildings, even the soda stands, the popcorn stand, the hot dog, the way it has that like, you know, you know, wooden look. Everything's kind of tied together with like these, you know, sort of strings and little tarps and all the lettering and everything looks very African safari. Mm-hmm. That look is so incredible, the way they make it look, the way they sell you on that. Um, and specifically, like you mentioned, that Thunderfalls Terrace has such a it doesn't have it's not overwhelming. It's not like full of dinosaurs. There's not a lot going on in there, but the the aesthetic with the windows it really makes you feel like you're there on safari or something in jurassic park yeah dude you're right like that is a point well taken because it does have that safari vibe which i think is jurassic like when you're talking about jurassic park that is definitely the vibe that i'm getting is is old school safari and and i did the same thing i went to africa and it definitely feels a lot like that um but yeah, Jurassic World doesn't necessarily feel that way. So it'll be interesting to see what happens in this section specifically because it does – it feels so warm, so inviting. Um, mm-hmm. When you went, did they have the – I don't know if they still had them up or not. But there were, at one point they had like Jurassic World banners and Fallen Kingdom banners like all hung around that area. So it's actually really weird. They they do have it's really strange, Brad. Like they have in the Discovery Center, they'll have around the top floor rotundra part where the food is. They actually have the new like promotional Jurassic World banner where all the dinosaurs are running towards you. Mm-hmm. Um, like where the T Rex is in the front in kind of that weird position, and all the Stegosauruses and the Apatosauruses and the Gallimimuses and stuff are running towards you as if it's like the the scene where they're running off the cliff. So they have a giant banner of that inside of the Discovery Center. Um, and then surrounding the top floor, they have a bunch of Jurassic World flags. But then mixed into that, they have all these old murals like from the 90s, like all the old murals that look like Jurassic Park, not Jurassic yeah. World. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and then as you're walking around on the outside of the park, all the new Jurassic World walls that have been put up for construction, um, some of them have like cardboard cutouts of dinosaurs from the Jurassic World Fallen <laughs> Kingdom movie. So yeah. they'll have like the new Triceratops, the Baby Raptor Squad, um, Blue, the T-Rex, um, 
And I think that's it. Uh, I'm trying to think. There was one other thing that I'm blinking out on. I think it's in one of the restaurants or one of the stores they have. Oh, yeah, yeah. In the second store, um, for, uh, Jurassic Outfitters. That that one is actually really cool, what they did with the Fallen Kingdom one. On all the shelves, when you first walk into the store, they have cardboard cutouts of, of like heads of all the main dinosaurs from the new Fallen Kingdom movie. So mm-hmm. they have the T-Rex head, the Carnotaurus head, Blue's head, um, a Triceratops head, a Stegosaurus head, all kind of inlaid in the in the store. It's very, very cool the way they put that together. I really enjoyed that. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, we can we can jump right into Camp Jurassic. Yeah, let's do this it. is I feel like you're the expert on this thing because I never really pay. I was following in your footsteps the whole time I was there. <laughs> I was like, I'm, I, I'm hoping making Brad proud of with, with making this video because the cave that cave, dude, let's talk about that freaking cave. Yeah, the cave is crazy, dude. It, it's like it, that whole section is is certainly an area where you're like, oh, my God, this is here. Like, I didn't even realize this was here because it is inlaid like in the back. And you have to go into this like kid area where, you know, they're basically turning you away because you don't have a child or, or you're too tall or whatever to go on the one ride. But if you go the other way, like keep going, you can go into Camp Jurassic and it's just, just such a hidden gem. And even further in the back, those caves, dude, they're just super impressive like the amber caves with like the steaming like water and the the amazing colors that are in there Uh, it's so vibrant i I just love that whole cave system and like i was saying about thunder terrace it's like unthemed you know it's just a cave um, with these amber you know pieces all around but like it's not trying to sell you on Jurassic. It's just trying to sell you on the story. Um, and I, that's what I love about that cave system and the whole play area. It's, it's really impressive. Yeah. One thing that I, I absolutely thought was incredible about it was the fact that, like you mentioned, they, they're not trying to sell you like oversell you on that. Um, but they do have like when you're first entering that cave, little Jurassic park, uh, dinosaur sounds playing in the cave entrance. Mm-hmm. So I think there's like a little Dilophosaurus chirp. There's a little T-Rex roar. And those are the sounds that for a kid walking around, they're not seeing the dinosaurs, but they're walking around in this cave and they're like, yo, is there a Dilophosaurus in here? What am I going to find? <laughs> and that cave, that cave goes on for a while. I was like, yeah. you know, it's not like super, super long. It's not scary or anything, but you walk in there, there's this whole part, this whole section that opens up and there's like this waterfall in there. And it's like how, I don't know. It, it's that part for me was amazing. I, I was, I absolutely loved it. I was so impressed by it. Yeah. And well, the lighting in there too. It's all like the purple and orangey and blue. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's, that's what impresses me is like the coloring, but also like where people are located inside that cavern as well. Because like you see people all over the place, like climbing and, and, and going different directions. And you're like, wow, what, where is this path? Like, where am I supposed to be going? There's like bridges, <laughs> there's there all, nets, there's all kinds of stuff all over the place. So it, it feels really impressive, like an exploration when you're in there. I, I really love it. Yeah, the, the exploration to, to be had there. I think that if anybody listening to this podcast hasn't been out there yet, I don't know if that'll be changed. I'm sure that they're probably going to keep that for Jurassic yeah. World. It'd be very surprising if they took that down. Uh-huh. But in case that they do, and if you haven't been out there, that's one thing that I would be like, if you have a kid or something and you want to take them out to experience this, like that's something that should not be missed because mm-hmm. that's going to be hopefully inlaid into the, like the legacy of the Jurassic Park in Orlando. I think it's incredible. Um, yeah. I and think in that, that Jurassic uh, place that's safe for sure. I oh, think. So, sorry. No, I just think it is one place that should be safe for sure. I think it's it's kind of cemented in its, in its location. I don't think anybody's going to touch it. Um, and I, I hope it stays the way it is. 
the only thing I can hope about it is that maybe they make it more inclusive for adults. It would be really cool if that Pteranodon fly ride was either revamped or somehow made also for adults to be able to ride because I think the view from there it would be so cool to see. I, I and that's like the the selfish side of me speaking. Obviously, I hope kids get to enjoy it, <laughs> you know, for years to come. <laughs> but I would love to see that thing from the top, especially now that um I don't know if you've been there since they installed the the Kong Skull Island ride. Yeah. So yeah. you know how they have the mountains there now? They literally have, like, mountains in Jurassic Park. Yeah, dude. It is – that is one of the details that I, I really, really love. And it, it's all due to Kong. And I, I I hate the fact that Kong is there, but I, I love the ride. It's, like, a conflicted feeling thing. But, like, that, that skyline with the mountains and everything, the misty-looking mountains off in the distance – yeah, it's super impressive from multiple areas inside Jurassic Park. It looks incredible. It really adds to the immersion. There's a there's a certain path that when you walk um, out of out of the caves at Camp Jurassic, and you get to a sort of like wooden bridge. You can kind of both see an amazing view of where the pteranodon flyers are flying around, and then this kind of jungly outlook, like where there's plants and jungle just going further into the sky, and then you see this amazing horizon with mountains and like a shack. Um, there's a really, really great photo opportunities, video opportunities, and just like moments to be had and to appreciate when you're in Camp Jurassic. If there's a place to really feel like you're walking around in the jungles of Isla Nublar or maybe in, in Isla Sorna, th- this is the place to do it, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, further down in Camp Jurassic, this is one other detail that I noticed, and we can sort of get into wrapping this up. Uh, there was a, uh, a fence. It's sort of an electric <laughs> fence. And there's like these guns and then Dilophosaurus heads. And it's like a mini game that I never even noticed. Um, have you been there before? Have you seen yeah, that? Yeah, dude. I, I was I was in there with my camera, like kind of like, oh, oh don't go there because they're going to shoot you with the water. Um, yeah, there were some it's... kids trying to attack my camera with, <laughs> with the water. It was horrible. It was horrible and amazing at the same time. Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's awesome. And I think, honestly, that spot right there is one of my favorite spots in – in all of that section because you have uh, wonderful views of the pteranodon flyers going by you can you have the water spraying back and forth you have the fence right there near you uh like the electric fence section which is one of the only places that you really get that electric fence that we talked about before like that's necessary i feel like more of that is is needed but that is certainly i think if you just take some time stand in that little corner over there take it all in like i was saying before just really take take in the whole vibe don't look at your phone don't do anything else just just sit there and just admire what's going on because that is an impressive area yeah that corner is amazing and i mean for kids as well like they they will have fun shooting each other with water <laughs> yeah i yeah. can i can assure you of that if i wasn't holding <laughs> a expensive camera rig filming all that stuff i would have been right in there shooting sure. those kids right back <laughs> um, but it was very cool. Yeah, just like you said, that that fencing adds so much, I think, to the aesthetic of the place. And when you turn right around, you basically have that lost world, you know, ambiguous dinosaur skeleton sticking out of the ground, yeah. um, which is so awesome, I think, for kids as well. But I think that's pretty much everything that I wanted to touch on. Um, I don't remember if there were any other. I'm sure that there's other small details that, that are in the video that I'm forgetting to mention now, but I don't want this to drag on for too, too long. Um but I think it's just amazing overall, man. That I'm sure you can agree with me on this, that that park is going to be a historical moment, a historical thing that has been trapped in time for so long that when it eventually changes, which is it's probably inevitable, it will be sad. I'm also excited, but it will be sad to say goodbye to such an incredible piece of like Jurassic Park history, basically. 
Yeah, yeah, it, it definitely will be. Um, one of the things that makes me the most sad is is that ocean, or the, um, not the ocean, but the lagoon front area that is now lost completely um, mm. for now. I mean, I think you will still be able to go down there eventually once the coaster opens up. But just the the steps down to the lagoon, you had those amazing claw foot like lamps. I don't know if you because there are still some around the area, very few, but they had these impressive like claw foot lamps that like held this giant globe ball. Um, they were really oh, cool. I know what you're talking about. Yeah, yeah I know exactly what you're talking and about. And they have like those trellises that were outside of the Discovery Center down there. But I think one of the most impressive things in that whole area is uh, this giant mural that kind of saddles the uh, either side of the Discovery Center doors, um, which you can still see down there. It's very close to the walls, and I think that entrance is actually like emergency action, uh, emergency entrance only or exit only right now, so don't try to go through that. But um, <laughs> but the mural that's down there is is incredible. It's like a very it's a 3D mural, so you can actually go up and feel like the different layers of this thing. Um, but it's it's that cataclysmic scene that you expect from dinosaur pop culture media, um, like Fallen Kingdom. It, it literally depicts Fallen Kingdom, which is is so cool. You have a volcano exploding, ash in the sky. Um, dinosaurs just trying to live their life you know like eating off branches there's an incredible looking like diplodocus down there with like a baby one in the water um this thing is huge i'm telling you it's it's so huge there's also like parasaurolophus pteranodons there's a triceratops down there and a baby um kind of facing off against a t-rex um it's just it's like the ultimate depiction of dinosaurs, I think. Um, so hopefully that stays down there and doesn't get touched at all um, because it's it's one of the most impressive aspects of that land, um, that whole entrance. So I know it will reopen fully once the um, coaster opens up. I think that's where the entrance will be for the new ride. It will be mm. down in, in the, where that waterfront area is. So uh, keep an eye out in the future for that. But um if I was going to touch on a few, I, was, I just had that mural. Um, there's also really, I don't know if you got to look at it when you went into the uh, River Adventure ride, but there's a really cool, impressive model. So I know the lines don't really reach the fullest that they used to where you would actually stand in that section and kind of, you know, admire this this incredible, like, model set of of the whole Island of Adventure, like, area and other there's like it's hard to explain but there's a giant model of like a mountainside and it kind of has different areas from the park but also other areas that aren't in the park and other other sections of like a Jurassic Park which is really cool um so take a look at that it's under this giant like globe that really needs to be replaced because it's like over the over the years people have just it's really very dirty. messed with it yeah but that yeah. thing is incredible you got to look at that yeah, I actually included it in the video. It's right. Awesome. So awesome. I went on a day that was very, uh, it was very empty. So you breeze right through that. There was <laughs> exactly. nobody in line, pretty much. But um, yeah, when when I remember it specifically as a kid, actually looking at that thing, it is so so detailed. It is very very cool. It's like a topographic, a top topographical, yeah, topographical, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> topographical. That's what I'm trying to say. Topographical exactly. map of of I guess Jurassic Park. Maybe I'm not sure 100. percent Um. Yeah, it's, it's kind awesome. of like it it's, looks it's so cool. weird. Like you don't really know what it's for because it, it's like not where you are, but it is. But it's not. But it's like Jurassic Park. I don't really know what's going on there, but it's it's impressive nonetheless. 
Yeah, dude. I mean, that's like a lot of what's in this place. Like, also when you're standing in line, there's basically a video, like a promotional video, of uh, playing, um, and that thing is straight out of the '90s. Like, they didn't even try. <laughs> they didn't even. They could have updated it. They didn't even try. It's nah. footage from like all of the movies and stuff. It's very cool. <laughs> yeah. Um. Uh, one of the other things that I I wanted to touch on real quick, which is actually not currently visible is this incredible like triceratops sculpture um that's embedded into rock which used to be kind of this um gateway into the triceratops encounter um uh, but now it, it it's well it's it's behind walls but um it's it's incredible looking it's like a fossil replica just embedded into this giant rock you have the full triceratops skull and the full body just kind of huddled in there uh nestled into this rock it, it was really impressive. I hope it's still intact. I hope it's still behind the walls. Um, but uh, that's to be foreseen, I guess. But it, it's really incredible. So hope I'm, I'm really, you know, keep my fingers crossed that that returns. Yeah, man, I've never even heard of that. I, I got to look that up after this because I it definitely wasn't there now when I was there. No. Um, or if it was it was probably covered up or something. Yeah, right now the land is, is very much changed with that behind the walls. The T-Rex gone. Uh, the the Mercedes not in that location. Um, and then the, the trees that you had talked about earlier in that one section where it really sells the story, but elsewhere it used to sell it, you know, the entire land, but now it's all demolished and it's just like, it, it almost is very vacant as far as trees are concerned and the jungle. So that'll all get replaced eventually. But right now it's just kind of like a barren um, wasteland behind those fences. So yeah, it's, it's like a stripped down Jurassic Park, basically. Yeah, yeah. So um, that'll so I be guess like to, that for a few years, but um, you know, we got to wait and see. Yeah, it'll be it'll be interesting. It's going to be interesting to see how this place changes. But um, I guess to end off, uh, I did want to ask you as a kind of like final note to this place. I'm sure I, I'm saying this as sort of like a ending rest in peace to this place, but it's probably still going to be around for a few more years before it officially changes. Um, but I wanted to catch it, you know, before before it goes away and get it sort of. I guess it's not at its prime right now, but before things start going away slowly, um, what what would kind of be if you were to be able to look back at that theme park from the various times you've been there? Um, can you remember a specific play a thing that was like your best moment, your favorite moment there? Hmm. Honestly, some- I I think it might have to be that literally like what I was saying before is that moment standing in camp Jurassic camp Jurassic in general playing around in there having a great time. But, but really just that moment where I like, I, I set myself inside of Jurassic park and, and I saw the Toronto on flyers and I, I just felt like I was really in that atmosphere. I feel like that was probably like the best in world moment um, that I could feel. And, and putting that next to uh, the Raptor encounter as well, because uh, meeting blue and and having that experience was really incredible as well oh yeah that blue that blue encounter is so so cool yeah that's kind of like an anomaly because it's like it's fully jurassic world but like set in this <laughs> jurassic park area so that's kind of yeah. like besides the point <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't make much sense no but it's very cool <laughs> yeah man I, I i love i love that place i love that park so much for me it's uh this last time around actually besides all the times that i've been before walking through um the gates the jurassic park gates for what i foresee being sort of the last time that i'll probably walk through them as them being jurassic park before they uh probably switch over into jurassic world but walking through those gates with the theme playing you know crossing over that wooden bridge from hogsmeade and then seeing it kind of 
turn a corner, you know, through the forest and all of a sudden it opens up and it's the gate. It's kind of like walking through there one last time was kind of like saying goodbye to a really good friend because that's like the that is the epitome of everything. There is so much mystery and adventure um, that comes along with looking at those gates. You know, when they first cross them through when they first cross through them in the movie and you see them like you can only imagine what's behind them after you see everything that they saw before they got there. Uh, so it's the same thing when you when you cross through them at Universal. You yeah. look at those gates and you're like, what could possibly be behind this thing? You know, what what adventures lie past these Jurassic Park gates? And uh, for me, it, it's never a disappointment visiting there. It was just incredible this time around, even as an adult. And um, I'm excited to, you know, see see what happens in the future with it. Yeah, one thing to note about those gates, just recently I saw somebody post a picture that the the top flames on the very, very top of the gates were actually on and working, which is not something you really see all that often, I don't believe. Um, so that was really cool to see somebody post about that. So I was like, is that something that was in the movies? And I like had to go back and look at that scene. And I was like, <laughs> oh, yeah, they are on on the very, very top. Like, So that's cool. Um, but you're right. Like, It's that sense of, of wonder and adventure that those gates give you is when you cross that threshold or, or leave it. Um, it really sells like a little bit of terror and mystery and just this vibe of exploration and adventure. Um, I don't know if the Jurassic World gates are going to sell you that same story because you kind of you kind of look at Jurassic World as a fully operational facility um, outside of that one incident that really just tore it down. But Jurassic Park always felt like a mystery. It always felt unexplored. Like you didn't, you never got to see the whole thing. You know, you you feel like you've got a good sense of Jurassic World. But Jurassic Park was like, you only went on this one little tour, saw a very small corner of the island. Um, so you never know what awaits you in, in that uh, that park, in that land. So those gates certainly sell that for me is like that, that sense of adventure. And I, I hope that doesn't get lost. Yeah, I, I can agree with that 100%. I think that uh, that sense of adventure... It's just, it's encapsulated in that like red text. There's, you know, when you change that to blue, <laughs> a lot changes in a good way. Yeah. But also it, it loses some stuff to it. Um, but it's amazing. Yeah, 100%. for sure, man. Well, you know, uh, I know a lot of people are going to want to check out your footage and everything. So what's going on? Where can people find all of your work as well? Yeah. So I, I have two YouTube channels. Um, the main channel that I sort of post on, which is like travel videos that's irrelevant to Jurassic Park. Uh, it's where I will be posting this video. It's called The Traveling Clat, and that's sort of the handle that I go on under the internet. But it's a 30-minute special encapsulating basically all of the amazing nuances, every little nook and cranny of the Jurassic Park in Islands of Adventure in Orlando. Um, so it would, it would mean a lot to me if you guys in the Jurassic Park community would check it out. It'll just be out on YouTube.com slash The Traveling Clat, or if you just look up The Traveling Clat on YouTube, search, you'll... Uh, be able to find my channel and then that video um it'll be titled something under like jurassic park orlando archived um and basically the whole video is just a tour and walk through but besides that i have a another youtube channel called the dinosaur channel where i make informative videos all about dinosaurs and uh fun stuff in the jurassic park universe and jurassic world universe so uh if you guys want to check that out as well that would be awesome yes please please do it he's, he's got amazing content i love everything that you produce it's always a fun time. So, Tal, what do you say? Why don't we go, like, hit up, uh, let's say, the Innovation Center. Let's go check out some of the games they got over there because Main Street's getting a little crowded. Yeah, let's go look at some holograms or something. Let's, Yeah, I'm, I'm pulling up that velocity. I want to scare everybody. <laughs> 
Thank you so much for listening to the 193rd episode of the Jurassic Park Podcast. I want to thank Arjun for, uh, you know, giving us this wonderful audio here today. Um, I am very excited that he now has a chance to produce more and more content again. Uh, after Extinction Level Wrapped, you know, it was like that was his baby and that was his deal, his his whole segment. So once that ended, it was like, well, what do we do now? We need to focus on something else. And he is going at it with more and more stories and more content. We will certainly be hearing more from Arjun um, in, the, in the near future here. So keep your ears tuned to the podcast. But I am in love with these little, little vignettes, you know, kind of like showcasing these little things here or there. Um, cool and interesting stories that we've always wondered about. I think it's a great way to uh, work in fan fiction into the show. And I know we haven't really focused on fan fiction of the written variety so much here, but the audio versions, we've been trying to pump those out as much as we can here. So Arjun's done a wonderful job. Make sure to check him out in the show notes where you can find all of his information. Also a big shout out to Tal. Thank you so much for uh, producing some content here for me this week. Um, I, I love I love the theme parks, as you know. I've, I've fawned over them many a time here. And uh, Tal did a great job. So please, please go check out everything that he is producing on his YouTube. Um, he, you know, outside of Jurassic, he does, you know, he has, well, first off, he has his own dinosaur channel, like he mentioned. But outside of that, he has a wonderful travel channel where he just produces some really, really amazing content. Um, I didn't know about him for a while. And then all of a sudden it popped on my radar and I was like, oh my God, I got to watch all of his back catalog check out his trips and where he's gone and all the amazing things he's done. And uh, now, you know, he's here talking about Jurassic, and I am very thankful for that. And, uh, you know, go give him a congratulations. I know he passed the 100,000 mark. Uh, I think it was a a little while back, but he just got his plaque, and he just filmed a video for that. So that's really awesome. You know, YouTube gives you those amazing plaques for passing 100,000. So go check out his content. I'm sure you'll see that one up there as well. But uh, thank you again so much, Tal, for joining me here today. But now it is time for us to check out some reviews over on Apple Podcasts where I implore you guys to go and visit. And uh, all you got to do is really just open the app and leave us a, a five-star review and write some write down some, some words. It doesn't have to be critical or, or thoughtful. It can be stupid, funny. It can make sense if you want it to. But I don't really care. But as long as you give us those five stars, um, that's all that matters. But we will be reading everybody's reviews here on this show. Today we have two more for you guys. So this one comes from Cast1701. And it says, The best. This is by far my all-time favorite Jurassic Park podcast. I love it, and Brad Jones is a wonderful host. Ha 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 ha, that totally rhymed. But in all seriousness, this is a wonderful podcast, and I highly recommend it. Guys, I swear I'm not making these up myself. People do write that I'm a wonderful host, apparently. (laughs) So I really, really appreciate it, Uh, Cast1701 here. Uh, that's, that's awesome that you, you think that apparently. So I, I'm very blessed, but, um, I think it's a fun podcast. I, uh, I, 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 I highly recommend it myself too. So what else can I say? I agree with this one. And yes, it does rhyme. Brad Jost, a host with the most piece of toast, ghost, roast, boast. Now I'm just saying words that rhyme. Okay. Enough of that. Thank you so much <laughs> for that uh, for that review. The next one is from Wolfish Hunger, and uh, this one says has- hashtag Dinosaur Whisperer. Great audio clips, 
great music, great interviews, great guests, Dinosaur Talks are on point. Thank you, Wolfish Hunger. Um, hashtag Dinosaur Whisperer. Am I the Dinosaur Whisperer or you? I don't know. Who are the great guests, maybe? Um, you know, I can't really um, give myself credit for the great music here. That's all, you know, John Williams, Don Davis, Michael Giacchino. So, you know, that's mostly them. Um, and the great audio clips, you know, I have a blast putting together all the little bumpers for each segment. Um, I just love them so much. I love, like, intertwining the music with the audio cues and the, and the words, the dialogue and stuff from the movies, trying to make them tie into the, the segment as much as possible. Um, so that's one of my favorite things to do. Also, the interviews and the guests. Um, I, I love talking to everybody here about Jurassic Park. I think it's always so much fun to learn different um, viewpoints and to learn like where these people came from and, and you know how long everybody's been a fan, whether you know it's just from Jurassic World or all the way back from 1990s uh, with Jurassic Park. So I appreciate all the people who take time to to guest or do segments or and all you know do anything here on the show. So yeah, that's uh, that's that's something that I'm very proud of with this show and uh, the dinosaur talks. You know, I always say I don't know my dinosaurs very well. I, I am getting, I'm trying to get better with these names. The cats, you know, you you do stump me a little bit. Quetzalcoatlus, Quetzalcoatlus, whatever, whatever it is. Um, I struggle with that one and, and a few others here and there. But um, I try to do my best with that. And the dinosaur talks, I think we we have a great time discussing all the dinosaurs here on the show. So thank you so much for that review. And for everybody else out there leaving reviews, go ahead, leave a review today. And I will probably read it next week. Who knows? Uh, I'll get to it, I'm sure. But um, I just want to say thank you to everybody who listens to the show. Um, it's wonderful to have you each and every week listening to the show, sharing it around, doing all the things I'm asking of you, whether it's subscribing here on YouTube, uh, on the podcast feed, on Twitter, on Facebook, wherever it may be. I am so appreciative of all of that. And uh, this week, I want I want to implore to you guys to to do that thing that you've been wanting to do with Jurassic. You know, that's this podcast was something that I have been wanting to, to do for years and years and years. And then I finally did take that dive back in 2015. You know, I wanted to do it much, much sooner, but I, I let, like, nerves and, uh, you know, fear get the best of me when it came to that. So I just did it, and then it came out, and now there's a wonderful community. I know when I was talking to Tal after we recorded the other day, he was just, you know saying how great the community is that we've uh, established here with the podcast. And I, I, I totally agree. I think this, this community is so wonderful, such a great group of people who are so nice and so fantastic. So, you know, if you want to start something with Jurassic, if you want to start a podcast, start a YouTube channel, start doing artwork, start doing anything, Jurassic June is a great time to do it. And don't be afraid of doing that thing because I think once you do it, you realize maybe you have a, a asset or something that you can offer to the community and a, and a skill that you didn't even realize you had. So, so please give it a chance, do your thing, and uh, share it around, and I, I will make sure to do the same. So thank you guys so much for listening. Let's play the outro. Saddle up. Let's get this movable feast underway. Please give us a follow on Twitter, at Jurassic Park Pod, and myself, at Brad Jost. Also on Facebook and Instagram, at Jurassic Park Podcast. Don't forget to join the Jurassic Park podcast group on Facebook. You can listen to us on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, YouTube, our website, or wherever else podcasts are found. So please be sure to subscribe. 
Also, don't miss our toy hunts and reviews, in-depth bonus content, live streams, gameplay, events and theme park coverage, and so much more on our YouTube channel. If you haven't already, please leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. We will read your reviews at the end of every episode, so please be sure to spare no expense. Don't miss us on the web at JurassicParkPodcast.com, where you'll find today's episode show notes, wonderful articles, bios from our contributors, and so much more. If you want to get a hold of us, you can fill out the contact form on our website or email us, JurassicParkPod at gmail.com. We're always looking for new segments, contributors, mailbag submissions, or anybody who just wants to say hello. Feel free to call our voicemail line at any time to leave us a message. That number is 732-825-7763. Thanks for listening, and enjoy. Five minutes. Drop what you're doing and leave now.